The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon and Happy New Year from Real Life Real Estate Investing. This is Jim Shapiro sitting in for Vena Jones-Cox. Vena's at an educational event down in Orlando, and uh, I'm here today. Uh, I've got two guests joining us today. Uh, we're going to have an interesting topic talking about, and it's a great time of year to start thinking about because it's a good time to start planning, uh, how to do investing with a self-directed IRA, an individual retirement account. Uh, joining me today is... John Bowens, uh, he's the with Equity Trust Company. He's the senior account executive and a national speaker. He's personally consulted with over 3,000 successful real estate investors on how to use their IRA uh, in a self-directed program that Equity Trust uh, provides or has. Uh, they've trained over 20,000 investors across the country. Uh, John, are you there? Yes, I am, Jim. Thanks All right, for John, us. great. Our second guest today is Bob Dressman. Bob's a local Cincinnati investor. He's been investing for over 20 years in uh, all sorts of, of real estate, single families and, and other things. And he's been doing self-directed IRA investing since the mid-90s. He's got IRAs he works with for himself, his wife, and he's got uh, some educational IRAs set up for his children. So, uh, gentlemen, welcome. Bob, glad you're here. Good afternoon, Jim. Uh, I guess the first question I'll ask is, you know, for people that aren't familiar with the whole self-directed IRA, you know, what is a self-directed IRA, and why should our, our real-life real estate investor listeners, you know, be thinking about how can I use this tool to to manage my both my retirement programs and to make money in my real estate investing? Mm-hmm. Well, Bob, the, the idea is, is a self-directed IRA is really no different than any IRA, 401k, or other retirement account that one would have with a traditional broker or other custodian. The difference between those types of arrangements and the arrangements uh, that we provide would be that, and any self-directed custodian would provide, is that they're providing programs that allow you to invest in real estate and various other real estate-based assets, such as uh, single-family homes, wholesaling properties, tax lien and tax deed certificates, investing in mortgage notes, and a multitude of other alternative real estate-based assets. So the idea is, is it's not that the IRA is different from traditional IRAs or 401ks with a local bank or uh, savings and loan institution. The difference is that the custodian allows you to invest in those types of arrangements and, more importantly, specializes in investing in those types of arrangements in real estate and other alternative assets, opposed to only being able to invest in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. The thing I really like about being able to use a self-directed IRA is that it puts me in control of my own retirement, Um, and I'm not at the mercy of 
the stock market or the bond market or what the politicians are going to do or not going to do in Washington. Um, I get to pick investments that I can control the return on, um, and typically you'll get a lot better return than you would through investing in stocks and bonds and certainly certificates of deposits and other type of investments. Mm, absolutely, and I can't tell you how many phone calls I take on a monthly basis, and uh, that's the, the number one area that I see investors, uh, or I should say, the number one area that really encourages and, and motivates customers to inquire with Equity Trust is that they, they no longer want to be at the mercy of the stock market, to Bob's point. And uh, they've been through the stock market in the past 10 to 15 years, and historically we've found that mutual funds have underperformed the S&P 500. And with that, in those historical returns, we find that, a many, that many investors, specifically the investors who are focusing in on real estate acquisitions, are able to increase the performance of those retirement portfolios very quickly in, in just one or two years, in far exceeding the returns that they could ever get in the stock market. Uh, so for especially those who uh, are very experienced, they find that there's no reason to outsource the investment specialization to an advisor or financial planner, but why not take control and self-direct this account myself? Because I understand I can use my own knowledge and expertise and, again, outperform the market time and time again. So what is the – actually, I, I, there's a lot of other things. You know, what is the impact of the tax hikes and what's going on in the economy, uh, health care concerns? I know Bob's doing uh, IRA investing – for his children's college funds, is that the, are those college programs you're saving through? Yeah, I have a CESA account, which is basically an education IRA um, that I started quite a few years ago for my children and plan to pay for a good deal of their high school and most of their college with that. Um, and I was able to take a real small amount of money and get that account started and have grown it tremendously since then. And so the neat thing about that is that um, funding their um, education without having to pay taxes on the money that I'm earning to do that. What kind of transactions are you doing in your IRA to fund their education? Um, I've done some wholesale deals. I have some rentals. I've invested in some private placements. I do some hard money lending um, and I'll also um, buy properties and resell them on a land contract. Well, so you're kind of doing a full range of, of various real estate strategies all through the IRA. Absolutely, yeah. The The only difference between doing it in an IRA and um, doing it outside of your IRA is you're typically not going to use leverage in your IRA, so you're not going to borrow money. And the second thing is it's a matter of doing a little bit of extra paperwork to keep everything on the up and up. Okay. And is, is to go back to your initial question there, Bob, as far as, uh, or I'm sorry, Jim, as far as uh, the you know fiscal cliff and, and the tax policies that we see within the federal government, it certainly has an, an adverse effect on uh, how people invest long term, whether it be in real estate or outside of real estate. Uh, but more specifically, uh, we want to focus on tax exempt accounts and tax-exempt retirement arrangements, which all IRAs and 401Ks and even the Covered Education Savings Account and the Health Savings Account, these are all tax-exempt retirement arrangements. And we see a, a common theme amongst some of the wealthiest of Americans, as well as many of the politicians, uh, such as Mitt Romney, who has over $87 million 
in a retirement account. So we find that a number of investors are utilizing IRAs and 401ks and other retirement accounts to invest in a myriad of investment opportunities. Now, the focus of today's call is, of course, to discuss alternative investments and mainly real estate investments with inside of these retirement accounts. And we're seeing uh, an increased demand for these types of alternative investment programs, especially in the past five years. Uh, we know in, in about 2005, there's about $2.5 trillion in assets under management that were allocated to alternative investments. And now in 2012, 2013, we're now seeing over $6 trillion in alternative investments under management that are allocated to alternative investments, mainly real estate. So there's a tremendous amount of opportunity here in this market. Whether you're an individual that has a retirement account and you're looking to grow your own portfolio or you're a real estate entrepreneur, uh, there are opportunities in leveraging IRAs and 401ks and other retirement accounts. And uh, the, the basic concept is taking a current account, an IRA or a 401k or a 403b or a 457, and enrolling it over or transferring it from its existing location into a self-directed account. And then once you have those funds in that self-directed account, and again, it has to be self-directed because most other brokers aren't going to allow you to, to invest in these types of assets. It's just not their specialization. Uh, so once you find a custodian that will allow you to invest in these types of alternative assets, mainly real estate, you can then uh, take control of the account and you decide when you want to take the monies out of the account to buy real estate or sell real estate or buy a mortgage note or do whatever else it is that you may want to do as far as investing alternatively. So, um, you know, just a, a real basic example, uh, going back to Bob using his Coverdell Education Savings Account. Um, you put $2,000 in a Coverdell account. That's for your child's education. Uh, you, let's say you go out and buy a property for, for uh, a wholesale property. Let's say you put $100 down, and two weeks later, you sell the property and you make $4,000. That $4,000 would be returned to the Coverdell Education Savings Account. You're going to avoid paying taxes on that $4,000 gain because it's within a tax-exempt account. That's a Coverdell Education Savings Account. So now Bob's going to have $4,000 plus the initial $100 that he put into the Coverdell account. So he's got $4,100 in the account. And now he's able to distribute those funds 100% tax-free to pay for his children's education. And it's the same concept when using an IRA account. When you use an IRA account, funds are going to leave the account. And then in return is going to be some sort of asset. Well, in the stock market, it's going to be a stock certificate. In this case, when buying real estate, it's going to be a deed to the property, or it's going to be a wholesale contract, or it's going to be a mortgage note, or a tax lien, or whatever other type of investment instrument that's going to be retained within the IRA as collateral or security, if you will. And then from there, once you sell the property, so if you wholesale the property, or maybe it's a rental property, or you're going to fix it and flip it, all of those funds are going to be returned to the IRA account. And again, most importantly, you always avoid capital gains or ordinary income taxes on any of those investment returns. And going back to the fiscal cliff and what we were talking about before with tax policies, that's very critical to understand that aspect of the retirement account. Because one of the, the common questions I get from investors is, well, I understand I can use this IRA and I can invest in real estate. But when I sell that property or when I wholesale that contract, I'm going to incur ordinary income taxes or I'm going to incur capital gains tax. 
But because that's an IRA and it's tax-exempt, you don't even have to claim the income. And that's very important to understand from a tax reporting perspective and, and a, a documentation perspective uh, that you're not necessarily going to be bogged down with all those mundane tasks associated with actually filing and, and filing the reports and the taxes associated with your investments with inside of your retirement account because everything flows in and outside of the IRA. And uh, conceptually, the best way to approach this is looking at the retirement account investing in real estate just as investing in stocks and mutual funds. We're all accustomed to investing in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. When we buy a stock, cash leaves the account, and a return for that cash is going to be a stock certificate. It's the same concept when buying real estate. Cash leaves the account, and return for that cash, again, is going to be a deed to a property or a mortgage note or a tax lien or any other type of alternative asset. And, and lastly, most importantly, for, for all the callers here, just to get the basic concepts, um, it's important to understand that anything that, that you're doing now in real estate, you can do inside of a self-directed IRA or a covered education savings account or any other type of tax-exempt retirement arrangement. And, and anything that you might be looking to do with real estate, you can also utilize within a self-directed IRA account. Um, so there aren't necessarily limitations. The only difference, again, is that you're avoiding paying capital gains or near income taxes on any of your investment returns. And, and one of the questions I get quite often from, from investors is, you know, why haven't I heard about this before? Well, the reason why is because Wall Street and most financial advisors don't want people to know about this or they just don't know about it, so they don't talk about it. And to put it into perspective, only 2% of investors are currently utilizing alternative investment opportunities. Uh, but we do know that this is gaining in popularity and uh, information is, is spreading quicker than it ever has. So more and more people are beginning to enter into this market. And we now foresee by many financial planners and economists that by 2030, about 30% of all retirement accounts are going to consist of some form of real estate or alternative-based asset. And right now we only have 2%. So there's a tremendous opportunity that we have here in about the next 15 years for investors to begin allocating their retirement accounts to these alternative investments, moving away from the stock market and being subject to the risks associated with the stock market and investing in something that might, to their own eyes, be a little bit safer. And, and then also, if you're a real estate entrepreneur or you're looking to grow your business, you're looking to raise capital to finance more transactions, having conversations with investors about being able to use their IRA is critical because there are a number of investors out there, and I know this because I talk to them every day, that have become disenchanted with the returns in the stock market. And they're looking for someone like you as an investor to come out and say, hey, here's a great opportunity for you to take advantage of with me, be a partner with me, or lend money or whatever it is, and oh, by the way, you can use your IRA. And that immediately, 99% of the time, always perks up their ears, and they're going to immediately start thinking to themselves, what has my retirement account done for me in the past 10 to 15 years? Well, it's been in a certificate deposit earning little to no interest. And now I have this opportunity to take advantage of this, this other investment that's alternative to the stock market that can yield returns far in excess of what I can get with that certificate of deposit or that mutual fund or that bond or whatever other type of traditional form of asset investing that I might be taking advantage of. All right. Wow, there's, there's so much to know about this subject. Uh, and, and right now we're about to take a break. Before we do, let me just uh, let everyone know... Uh, 
Real Life Real Estate Investing is sponsored by the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati. We are having our first meeting of the new year, uh, Thursday, uh, January 3rd, at the uh, Community Action Agency on uh, Reading Road in Bond Hill. Uh, we meet there. Uh, it's a beautiful facility, and there's some real interesting topics on really looking at how to start planning your business for the coming year. And on January 19th, we're actually having an all-day seminar with uh, the folks from Equity Trust. Uh, John will be there. We're talking about really a whole day learning about how to do the things we're talking about on the radio today. So if you're interested, it's $99 for two people, $49 for one if you're RIA members. Uh, Non-members are welcome to uh, come as well. It's a little bit more. Uh, or come to our meeting tomorrow, join, and uh, get some savings right off the bat. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes with Real Life Real Estate Investing. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am Jim Shapiro, filling in for Vena Jones-Cox today. If you have questions uh, for our guest today, please call. In the Cincinnati area, you can dial 513-772-9658. Outside the local area, you can dial 877 772 9658, or you can send emails to askvena.com or go to the askvena.com website and and uh, input your questions there, and we'll get to them uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, let me uh, come back with a question. Uh, Bob, uh, Bob and John, we have members of uh, and our listeners in all levels, from newer investors to experienced investors. Is, is there a, a place where, gee, this is something that really is an experienced investor market or op- opportunity, or is this something that, you know, how, would, how would a newer investor look to get involved in using a self-directed IRA to, uh, to increase their, their retirement program? Well, a lot of people like to get started in real estate by trying to wholesale a property. And an IRA is a perfect vehicle to wholesale properties in because um, typically you're going to have real expensive tax implications if you wholesale a property outside of an IRA. Whereas when you do it inside the IRA, that all just goes away. And just, I've been talking to a lot of successful real estate investors recently, and everybody's been worried about what tax rates are going to do and, you know, how much their tax bill is going to go up. And I just don't worry about it because I do as much as I possibly can in my IRA and nobody's even thinking about changing any of those rules. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with Bob. Uh, most of the investors that I work with, especially those who uh, begin on or, or begin with working with the their local RIA associations, uh, they're going to start wholesaling properties first in order to develop the cash flow to then uh, either start buying and holding properties or then beginning fixing and, and flipping properties as well and, and doing a, a multitude of other investment transactions. But uh, from an IRA perspective, it really depends on the investor and their current portfolio. Uh, we have investors that start with us brand new. Uh, they might either be in their 20s or they might be in their 50s and never had a retirement account. And, and one of the first things that they would do is establish an IRA, make a contribution to the IRA, and then begin investing. And in many cases, because they're only starting with maybe 500 or 2000 or $5,000 in that first year with that IRA, to Bob's point, 
they're going to be wholesaling properties or they're going to be investing in tax liens. They're going to be investing in lower dollar transactions in order to increase the wealth within that account. And then they can move on to either fixing and flipping properties, investing in private placements, investing in, in large syndicated real estate transactions, or investing in uh, single family homes for cash flow. So usually you see that progression where they're starting new, they're wholesaling properties, and then they're beginning to invest in uh, various other transactions which require more capital. Um, at the same time, they're continuing to focus on their retirement portfolio, and, and they're probably going to, to Bob's point, be utilizing the IRA for their wholesale transactions or their rehab projects because they would prefer, especially with uh, the, the tax policies we see here, which we've seen already passed and which we can uh, foresee in the f near future here, uh, as we see taxes increase, we know that we should be utilizing these tax-exempt accounts for some of the transactions which are going to uh, provide a little bit higher rates of return than we may have when we have rental properties or uh, when we're making investments that aren't going to yield the amount of capital that we would when we're wholesaling transactions or, or just fixing and flipping properties. Um, so it really depends on the transaction and, and whether we want to pay taxes on that transaction or not. And uh, certainly it's important for, for all the callers here to understand that uh, the IRA isn't necessarily, or any retirement account, isn't necessarily uh, the end-all, be-all for all of your investing. Uh, the retirement account is your own per personal portfolio. Uh, that's what you're going to be utilizing for your own retirement. And, and it's very much a separate entity and a separate business from your actual real estate business. And, and that's one of the things I find is, is very difficult for individuals to really wrap their head around is that uh, my IRA and my real estate business are two separate businesses, and we really need to make sure that we manage those two completely separately. And, and most importantly, we're looking at every investment and we're determining whether we should use our retirement account for this or should we use our real estate business. And uh, going back to your initial question there, as far as uh, beginner investors, um, one of the things that I'm finding, uh, especially in the past year and a half, that I have not seen uh, before then, uh, going back to even 10 years ago, uh, there are more new investors that are beginning to allocate their retirement accounts to real estate investments. And these are people that um, come from various backgrounds. Uh, they've never invested in real estate before. And, and many, many don't necessarily have uh, expectations to buy 200 or 300 properties, as many people do. Uh, they're looking to just diversify their retirement savings into maybe two or three properties. Uh, so we have customers that are rolling over an old 401K with an old employer. It's been, as, this is their words, not mine, collecting dust in the past 10 to 15 years. So they take their money out and they put it in an IRA account, and they go out and they buy one or two or three rental properties. Those may be cash flowing anywhere between 750 to 1,000. It depends on the market. And then from there, they're accumulating all that income inside of their retirement account, and they can take those proceeds and they can reinvest them into real estate, or they can put them back in the stock market. They can invest them into any asset vehicle that they would like. Um, so I tell you this, and I tell the callers here this, because there might be some, some callers that are, are beginner investors. I want you to know that there's an enormous influx of new investors who are coming into the market who are beginning allocating their retirement accounts to real estate investments. 
And, and a lot of that is contributed to the fact that we have a great real estate market and, and there are opportunities for individuals to enter this market. And then also uh, the timing of the stock market and some of the returns we've seen in the stock market um, you know, have just been uh, ideal for investors to say, okay, now's a good time for me to allocate away from the traditional investment stocks, bonds, and mutual funds to begin allocating into real estate and, and other real estate-based assets. The one thing I'd like to follow up on is uh, a lot of people don't realize how tremendously powerful it can be to roll over your old 401k into a self-directed IRA. And the neat thing about doing that is that gives you sort of a critical mass of capital to start doing some things with. Uh, before Absolutely. we go on, I, I need to. I realize I made a mistake when I gave the address to send questions. It should be to askvina at gmail.com. Email your questions to askvina at gmail.com. Uh, so forgive me for interrupting there. I want to make sure I got that corrected. Uh, and we'd welcome any questions uh, via email or uh, call them in. And the other interesting thing that you could do is, you know, if you or just getting started and need some help, you're certainly able to work in a partnership type of situation with a more experienced investor who knows what they're doing and um, figure out some way that they can guide you along the way and you could maybe provide the capital and they'll provide some of the knowledge and expertise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to, to sort of piggyback off of that, when, when using the IRA, I sort of just went through a basic example. Um, you know, Bob had mentioned how powerful rolling over a 401k into an IRA is and then being able to access that cash to invest in real estate. And uh, there are many strategies and, uh, that you can utilize when using your IRA uh, in conjunction with your, your personal funds as well in order to leverage the retirement account to acquire more properties or to do more deals. And certainly, um, uh, Jim had mentioned a little bit about the Tax-Free Wealth Seminar coming up here that we're hosting, and, and I will be diving deeper into those concepts and going through the strategies on how to leverage your retirement accounts to the maximum, and, and most importantly, be able to fully utilize all of the different retirement arrangements in tandem in order to be able to, one, eliminate taxation as well as grow your business. And one of the most common strategies that we see our customers utilizing is a partnership, the Bob's point, and, and leveraging someone else's money, someone else's expertise is extremely important. And we see this a lot with the ARIA associations, with the beginner investors uh, coming in and, and having an IRA with maybe $50,000 and partnering on a, on a $100,000 rental home or a $100,000 fix and flip, or uh, you know, maybe it's going to be a private loan. Uh, maybe it's an investor that is going to use their IRA and, and lend money. Uh, their IRA is going to be issued a promissory note, secured or unsecured, and then the interest plus principal payments will be paid back to the IRA account. And again, as we talked about before, you, you avoid paying taxes and all the interest that you accrue within that account. So there are a number of different strategies that you can utilize partnering the IRA with other investors and also partnering the IRA with your personal money. So one of the questions I get quite often is, okay, I have this IRA, but I also have my real estate business, and, and I want to make sure I'm growing my real estate business at the same rate that I'm growing my retirement account. And, and you can actually use your IRA in conjunction with your business, partnering on the real estate transaction, and then cash flow will flow back in accordance with your ownership interest based on how much your IRA and how much your business owns. And, and so now you're producing income to your IRA, you're producing, business, you're producing income to your business, and, and then you can continue to reinvest those IRAs and reinvest the money within your business. 
we see a number of husband and wives who will, will partner their retirement accounts together to finance transactions, uh, or it might be three or four individuals in a family, or, for example, with Bob, uh, he has the Coverdell accounts, he has the IRAs. He can combine all those accounts together and go out and buy a rental property or wholesale transaction or, or whatever else might be that, that he has an expertise in. Uh, before we take a break, I've got a, one question to ask. Uh, Tony in Charleston uh, wrote in, how can I find people with IRAs who can lend me money or I can do this kind of partnering investment with? I assume I can't just call Equity Trust and ask for a list. How do I find these sorts of people? Talk to, talk to everybody you know because everybody you know has IRA accounts of some sort. They, they'll typically have a 401k account. And the trick is being able to talk to them at a time when they're able to roll that 401k over to an IRA. Um, and the very best source of people are people that you know. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back to that question about when is a good time uh, and talk about the issues of the calendar in the beginning of the year. Uh, but it's time for another break, so uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Uh, let me remind everyone, uh, the Real Estate uh, Investor Association meets tomorrow, and actually John will be our guest at the 6 o'clock portion of the meeting. So join us there. Uh, if you have questions, please call them in to 513-772-9658 or toll-free from outside the local area, 877-772-9658. And welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today about self-directed IRAs and, and investing in real estate using uh, those tools. Uh, there's a question about, you know, uh, Bob mentioned about the, t the right time to find people to move their funds perhaps from a 401k to a self-directed IRA. And is there also time, so I'll ask that question to Bob and John, can you tell us, uh, is there still time to make contributions in the 2012 calendar year to an IRA? There is, and, and we're in a very interesting period of time, a very critical period of time for investors, because April 15th, tax filing deadline, is the deadline to make a contribution to an IRA for the prior year. So for those of you who haven't made a contribution to an IRA, you haven't established an IRA, you have until April 15th. Now, you want to make sure that you do it before you file your return, because when you file your return, if, depending on whether you're contributing to a, a pre-tax or post-tax account, uh, either way, you, you still have to mark that on your return. You still have to indicate to the federal government that you made your contributions. And if you wait until April 15th, you probably had filed before, and therefore, you're going to have to amend your return. And we, we never want to have to amend our return unless we absolutely have to. Um, so it's very important that you have your account set up and you have your contribution made uh, for the prior year, and you have up until April 15th. Uh, at this point in time, you can contribute uh, $5,000 to an IRA when you're under 50. Uh, when you're 50 and over, you can contribute up to $6,000. So once you get a little bit older, the federal government gives you a catch-up provision there, an extra $1,000. So it's five and $6,000. Uh, in 2013, uh, they did up those limits slightly, and you can contribute 5500 to an IRA when you're under 50. And then when you're 50 and over, you can contribute up to 6500 uh, So for those of you who don't currently have an IRA, uh, as of right now, you can now contribute for both 2012 and 2013. So conceivably, depending on your age, you can contribute up to 10500 or up to 12500 if you're 50 and over. 
And then if you have a spouse, significant other, they can also make contributions to their IRA. So you can get an excess of over $20,000 in a retirement account uh, very soon, any, anywhere between, again, now and, and April 15th. Uh, now, there are various other retirement accounts, not just IRAs. There's 401Ks, there's 403Bs that many individuals are accustomed to. There are also small business IRA accounts, which we talk about throughout our tax-free wealth seminar. And certainly when I'm there tomorrow at the reassociation, we will go through some of those accounts. Some of them you can get in excess of $50,000 into the retirement account. But uh, some of the prerequisites there are that you have a business and you have earned income through your business. So um, it gets slightly more complicated, but for just IRAs, again, uh, you can put up to about 10000 or $12,000 into those retirement arrangements. Going back to the question about rolling over your 401ks, is typically I think the rules of those plans only allow you to roll them over once you've left the services of that employer or you actually retire. And so, I, for example, my wife um, just switched jobs, and I'm in the process of rolling over the um, 401k that she had, actually, I think it was a 403b with the organization she was with, um, to one of her other IRAs. Uh, and in that particular case, I'm rolling it over to a regular IRA, but I really like to keep most of my money as much as possible in the Roth IRAs, just because that's tax-free forever. Mm -hmm. And that might be good to, to distinguish between the traditional and, and Roth IRA uh, a traditional IRA is a tax-deferred account, so you, you got a deduction when you put the money in. When you take the money out after 59 and a half, that's when you're going to pay taxes based on your ordinary income tax rate. There's then the Roth IRA, which is less popular because it's only been around since 1997. The Roth IRA, you put the money in after tax, the Bob's point, and then that money grows 100% tax-free forever and ever, and then when you take the money out, you don't pay taxes either. Um, so it really depends on your situation. Most people, uh, they only have tax-deferred funds because it's coming from an old 401k or other IRA, and, and then they transfer those funds over. And then you can still make your contributions, five or $6,000. So if you had $100,000 in a 401k, you'd roll that $100,000 over into a traditional IRA, and then you could still make your five or $6,000 contribution per year and invest the monies and make in excess of five or $6,000 per year. There's no cap on the earnings you make in the account. There's no cap on the rollovers or transfers from existing IRA custodians or brokers. The other really neat thing with the Roth IRA is there's an interesting provision of the tax code that if you work really hard at putting a lot of money into there, or, or not only putting money into there, but growing that money and you get like a lot of money in there, you can then, um, number one, take out all your contributions tax-free if you ever need to get the money back without paying the penalty. But then also you can take um, basically annual installments out of there for the rest of your life tax-free starting any time you want. You don't have to wait till you're 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, if you get a lot of money in there and want to retire at the age of 45 rather than 65, um, you can start taking that money out early and not pay the tax on it. That's a great point, Bob. And, and to add to that, it's, it's important for everyone to understand how powerful a Roth is for a savings vehicle because you have what I call the safety net provision inherent within the account. So if I contribute $5,000 to a Roth IRA today, and let's say I, I go out and under the um, advice from Bob, 
I wholesale a, a property down in Cincinnati. I'm from Cleveland. Wholesale property down in Cincinnati. I make another $5,000 in that Roth, and I have $10,000. Well, if something were to happen and I needed to take that $5,000 out, I can take that $5,000 out at any time, 100% tax and penalty free. I just cannot take out the extra 5000 that I earned from my first transaction until I'm 59 and a half. And that's very important for investors to understand because I find that there's a number of consumers and investors who have a savings account at, at a local credit union or a local bank, and they have, let's say, $5,000 in that savings account. And even if the interest is minimal, they're still paying taxes on the interest they accrue. It might not be a whole lot of money, but there is money that's going to be going to the federal government because you're paying taxes on that account because it's not a tax-exempt account. So why not put it into a Roth IRA? You still have the availability of taking out the initial contribution or the seed at any time, tax and penalty-free, but now all of the interest that you accrue within that account, you avoid paying taxes on, and then whenever you want to take that money out after 59 and a half, you're free to take that money out tax-free. Well, the other thing, too, is you absolutely want to invest in something other than a savings account, because we can do a lot better than that in the market now, because there's just so many opportunities out there. I Absolutely. have a question that came in from Todd. Uh, he had always heard that you couldn't do business with your IRA. And he heard uh, John talk about partnering with your IRA, and he's a little confused. Ask you to clarify, you know, what, are the, what are the rules now for doing transactions sure. with your own IRA? Sure. Um, if, if for anyone who wants to actually reference the legislation, you want to look into IRC, Internal Revenue Code 4975, and this tells us what disqualified who disqualified individuals are, as well as what are prohibited transactions. So the reason why you'll hear you can't do business with yourself is because the IRS defines disqualified persons as yourself to your IRA, your spouse to your IRA, your children, grandchildren, your mother and father. So anyone up and down the family tree, brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, nieces, nephew, everyone across the family tree, you can actually, your IRA can actually do business with them. It's just, again, people up and down the family tree and yourself to your IRA, your business to your IRA. Now, what I mentioned was partnering, which partnering is different from actually transacting business to and from. Uh, the letter of the law states you cannot convey ownership, you cannot lease, exchange, or convey ownership between a disqualified persons and the plan. Again, disqualified persons being yourself, your children, grandchildren, etc. cetera. Uh, so partnering is a little bit different concept, and you're not in violation of the letter of the law because you've not conveyed, lease, or exchanged any assets between the plan and a disqualified persons. And that's because when you're partnering on a transaction, all of the income that you derive through the rental or sale of a property is going to flow back in accordance with the original ownership interest. So just a real basic example, let's say, for instance, uh, I go out and buy a $20,000 property, and I only have $10,000 in my IRA, but I have $10,000 in cash, and I'm going to partner my LLC, let's say, for asset protection. I'm going to partner in liability purposes. I'm going to partner my LLC with my IRA account. So I'm going to put up $10,000 from my LLC. I'm going to put up $10,000 from my IRA. My IRA is going to be on the deed. My LLC is going to be on the deed. Now let's say I put a few dollars into the property. I place a few tenants, and I'm cash flowing the property at $1,000 a month. 
So every check that I get from my tenants, that $1,000 check, $500 is going to go into my IRA and $500 is going to go to my LLC. Because, again, it was a 50-50 partnership. I took 10000 for my IRA, 10000 for my LLC. So as long as all the income that you derive through the rental or sale of the property flows back in accordance with the original ownership interest, that is acceptable. And you can split it up at any percentage you want. You can partner with your children. You can partner with your spouse. As long as you have that income that flows back appropriately, it's acceptable. What you cannot do, and this is what I, I get a lot of questions about this, is I want to use my Roth IRA, and I'm, I'm only going to put up 10% of the capital, but I want my Roth IRA to recognize 60% of the returns. That would be considered unacceptable. It would be considered self-dealing, and you would, in a sense, be uh, conveying ownership uh, that's not created from the capital that was originally contributed. So as long as you, again, have that partnership and you split it up correctly and the capital that you, that you initially place within the transaction uh, and the interest that you own within that transaction, all the income flows back in accordance with that, uh, again, that, that would be considered acceptable. What about the management of that? Well, let's say you buy a, a rental house and you've got to do some work on it and you're managing it, and so the, the portion of the partnership that's not the IRA is, is handling the, the rehab work. Are there some boundaries there that you can't be managing your own work on something that your IRA has a ownership interest in? Um, um, with that, we really have to define management. Um, if we're managing the property in a sense that we are negotiating uh, the negotiating with the tenants, negotiating with contractors, uh, managing all the expenses related to the property. That would be acceptable. What is not acceptable is actually putting in the sweat equity in the home, putting the hammer to the nail is what we would say. Uh, so you really can't be there doing the hands-on work. In an IRS private letter ruling, they tell us that you have to be hands-off. And, and really, when it comes down to the letter of the law, the way the IRS can view you doing work on your property is they can view it as you're providing a service to your IRA, therefore you're making contributions in excess of what you contribute on an annual basis. And so therefore it can be considered a prohibited transaction. Um, that's one of the common questions I get quite often. There's a, a lot of misconception with uh, managing properties. Uh, there are many property managers out there that will tell self-directed IRA clients that they just flat out can't manage it themselves. And obviously there's a reason for that um, because they have an incentive to do that. But um, you can certainly manage your own property. Again, you just want to make sure you stay away from, from actually doing the hands-on work related to the property because that's when if the IRS was to audit you, they could tell you that you're providing a service to your IRA, therefore you've engaged in a prohibited transaction and, and you're in violation of the letter of the law. So I'm going to follow up on this a little bit because I'm a little confused because it's a little different than what I've heard before. So I'm a, I've got a rental house, and can I screen my own tenants? Or is that now I'm providing a service to my IRA? Uh, screen. That's a good question. It's, it's somewhat of a gray area, but what we have found in the guidance that we've received from um, you know various individual professionals within this industry is that that would be considered acceptable. Uh, so as long as if you are working with um, a third-party vendor who is actually screening the tenant for you, that you pay for those expenses from your IRA account. 
So as long as all the expenses are paid from the IRA account, that that would be acceptable. But if you're actually speaking to a tenant and um, you're doing your own screening process personally based on the criteria that you feel is important, that would be considered acceptable and and in most cases would not be viewed as providing a service to the IRA. Um, That's a tough question because it's it's a gray area. And in all honesty, the IRS, um, because this is uncommon, they haven't necessarily commented on those individual transactions. Now, they have commented on actually providing work or or doing work on the property yourself. In a private letter room, they state that you have to be hands-off. Well, how do we define hands-off? Well, just like anything else with the IRS, it's a very gray area. Um, So what we do as a very conservative custodian is we tell our clients that you shouldn't be putting the sweat equity into the property yourself to stay out of harm's way. As far as all other management duties associated with the property, it's acceptable to be doing those things. So as long as you're not unreasonably... Um, you know, providing a service to the IRA in excess of what your contributions would be on an annual basis. All right. We've got just about three minutes left. Bob, you made a comment earlier about uh, doing lending, hard money lending out of your IRA. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience and how you've handled that? Um, I'll find investors that are typically um, looking to purchase a property, fix it up, and resell it. Um, In the past, some people would purchase it, fix it up, and refinance it, but that refinancing is getting tougher and tougher these days. Um, And so I'll typically um, lend them the money to buy the property um, on a very short-term basis. It's typically a six-month balloon. Um, I typically, on a lot of my loans, will charge five points, 15% interest. And and so the IRA ends up making a real nice return. Um, They're happy because they get the money, and it's easier to deal with a private individual than the reams and reams of paperwork a lot of banks want. Um, you know, I've had people who called me on a Monday and wanted to close a loan on a Wednesday, and we got it done. Um, you still have some due diligence to do, but fundamentally what you're typically looking at is the real value that of the real estate and what the people have invested in it. Um, okay. Uh, let's see, we've got just two minutes left here. Uh, Bob? Uh, or John, let me change that. You're going to be here tomorrow talking about this whole subject. And obviously, you have enough information. You could talk about this for quite a while. I know you're going to be at the RIA meeting tomorrow. And then again on the 19th, doing an all-day workshop. Mm-hmm. That's uh, correct. If people are, are looking to, you know, to, get, to get started, what should they do to prepare before coming to hear you? Or before, you know, as they start looking at, at coming for an all-day workshop, they're thinking, gee, this is a tool I should get set up for. I want to make a deposit. I want to use some 2012 money. Where, where, where would be the best way for them to start thinking about this? Uh, and what should they come to look for? We've got one minute left before they uh, hear you tomorrow and on the 19th. Sure, absolutely. Well, as far as looking for information, um, our website uh, has a, a whole and it has a number of resources available as far as ongoing education and information. Uh, that website is, is trustetc.com, uh, T-R-U-S-T-E-T-C.com. And our, our phone number is readily available there as well. You can call in and you can speak to any of our senior account executives uh, or ask for me. 
and uh, we can actually provide a, a consultation over the phone where we can provide some education and, and help you understand your particular situation. Uh, it's very important that you, you do take a look at, and the callers do take a look at, uh, our one-day workshops, because that's really where we can take a deeper dive. I gave you about a 20,000-foot view, and I'll be doing that tomorrow because we only All have right. about 45 minutes to an hour. But um, as far as the full-day event, that's where we really delve down into you know the concepts and the strategies and, and really how to execute on these transactions and, and begin allocating those resources. All right. Well, we are uh, we're out of time today. I think uh, Bob and John for both joining us on Real Life Real Estate Investing. Uh, join us again next week. Bina will be back, and hopefully we'll see you tomorrow at the RIA meeting.